0: This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 25. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that the Profitable Producer course is now open for enrollment. So if you want to join that, you can just go to theprofitableproducer.com right now. Uh, We've launched it back in August, the beta program. We launched the full course uh, in December and January, and we've had a lot of amazing stories come from that. We've had a lot of students go through it so far, uh, and we've had some cool stories come from it. We've had uh, people that have quit their job within a couple months of joining the course. We've had people that have increased their studio's income by 800%. We've had large commercial studios that have... You know, completely reversed their client list from corporate bullshit, boring uh, work uh, to doing all studio artist related work, which is what they wanted to do uh, in the first place. So if you want to learn more about this, you want to see some of the success stories, you want to see some interviews I've done with my students, um, you can learn more about this course by going to theprofitableproducer.com. Don't forget the T-H-E at the beginning, theprofitableproducer.com. So with that being said, let's go into my conversation with Chris Graham. Chris Graham, how are you doing today? And more importantly, how are your bees doing? I'm doing
1: great. Bees are not so great. I have not prepared for the bee season yet. I need to bait my traps so I can catch some swarms.
0: Okay, so first of all, anyone who doesn't know this, Chris Graham keeps bees, which is the strangest yet most interesting thing I've learned about Chris since knowing him. And apparently you bait them to come live in your backyard. There has to be a better word than bait for that. That sounds like the old bait and switch.
1: It's the official term. You put a lemongrass oil in a box of a specific size with a specific size hole in it and uh, lo and behold one day some bees find it. They go back to their swarm which is a giant ball of bees hanging from a tree that have recently moved out of a hive and a bunch of bees find a bunch of places to potentially live and then they believe it or not they vote on where they want to (laughs) live.
0: How do they vote for this? Do they like do little circle dances and shit?
1: They do a little circle dance and they say, hey, it, basically the circle dance says, hey, there's a good spot over this way. And then other bees go check it out. And then they come back
0: and when they're all doing the same dance, all the bees fly away. That's amazing. So what can you do to make your place a better spot to bring up the value of the neighborhood per se for bees?
1: Well, it's lemongrass oil is the, the big tool there. You, you scent the box with lemongrass oil and they think it smells like a queen. Ooh! And so they say that gets their attention. They check it out. And it's really rad to watch like, Ten or fifteen thousand bees fly into your yard and then crawl into a small hole. It's pretty wild.
0: Okay. Well, that's it for our episode of the Six Figure (laughs) (laughs) Home Studio Podcast where we talk about bees all no. If you want to
1: differentiate yourself from the other losers that have recording studios, you gotta have beehives.
0: Okay, no, enough of this crap. (laughs) Today's episode, which is not about bees, as you might have been confused there, if this is your first time listening, (laughs) my apologies. Today's episode is about what? What is today's episode about, Chris? Well, it's based on an
1: interesting question. And that question is for all our listeners, but right now, from me to Brian Hood, Brian, if you had to go into the witness protection program for some reason, and they moved you somewhere else, and you had to start your career again from scratch, and let's assume you had like facial reconstructive surgery out, you know, the whole like uh face off that movie from the nineties thing. You've got a new face Same skills same knowledge same wisdom new place You need to start an audio business from scratch
0: What are you going to do? This is a very interesting question. I think it's something that appeals to a lot of people because you know most people Most listeners in any given audience, you know 95% of the people On a business related podcast are going to be at the point where You know, they're at the beginning of their career or they haven't even really started their career So I think this is a good episode topic to discuss, you know What would chris and I do what would either of us do because we both have different approaches and different opinions on this subject What would we do if we were starting over from scratch with you know, none of the same connections But we have the same knowledge and I think it's a very important discussion to be had because it makes us think about how we would approach something In today's age in 2018 if we were starting from scratch so Talking from my perspective, which is different from yours chris I am single. I have no kids and i'm already in nashville tennessee Single as
1: an unmarried.
0: Yeah single as an unmarried. I have a girlfriend of two and a half years, but You know, I don't have the same thing as you you have a wife You have three kids and you're in ohio So your approach to this is going to be wildly different than my approach And we probably have to come up with some hypotheticals too because some people are going to have You know a wife and kids and they're in a good city and a wife and kids in terrible Actually, you are at a wife and kids in a terrible city in my opinion. Oh, come on (laughs) I don't like ohio in any (laughs) way shape or form and then some people are going to be single in a terrible area, you know We're going to try to come up with some different scenarios here and kind of just shoot from the hip If the scenario is this weird witness protection program thing that you've invented chris Theoretically i'd have to move cities because you know The mob is after me or whatever is in nashville tennessee the, the country music mob So, you know, I would just choose austin texas because that is literally the the sister of nashville in every single way possible it's Identical (laughs) if you've ever visited it's very much like nashville minus the country music scene and a little bit weirder So i'd probably move to austin because it's so similar to nashville And I would start by I would honestly I would try to connect with people In the city in any way shape or form that I could and I would do that by first and foremost I would look for any sort of audio related events that I could go to now in nashville I know they have events all the time related to audio even like Places like vintage king music store the the music store in barry hill here in nashville They do events all the time and you can meet other audio engineers You know, sometimes there'll be events or parties or anything, you know public or private events I would try to focus on the public events just so I can make any amount of connections possible Now that being said you would be surprised by this, but i'm kind of introverted I don't really like going to public events like that But I know how important it is to have those sort of connections because If I think back to any amount of success i've had in my life you can almost always tie it back to some sort of relationship I had. And for me to go into a new city, not knowing anybody and expecting to have any amount of success, I just don't think it's possible. So that's kind of lesson number one is if you are introverted, you have to find a way to get past that, whether that's you hiding behind the internet, but still being you know, social on the internet or getting outside of your comfort zone. If that means you have to take 10 shots before you go to a party, so be it. No, don't do do not don't do that. But do whatever you have to do To get past that lump in your throat you're going to have or that feeling in the pit of your stomach of anxiety when you go to these social events But I would go to some social events I would try to make some friends and I would do this just so I can kind of get the lay of the land because I don't know How it is in in austin texas and you know, if i'm starting over again, I may not go into heavy music You know, that's kind of where my talents lie, but I might try to break into another industry So it kind of comes down to a couple different things Who can I get to commit to me just to do a portfolio piece, Right like new photographers all the time, they're doing shoots with models or up and coming models or just good looking people just so they can have something to add to their portfolio. I do very much the same. I would do be working with the most talented artists that I can find that are willing to give me a shot in the genre that they're in. And I would probably focus on heavy music if I could, if, if that's the kind of bands I can find. But I'd also be focusing on rock or hard rock or even country music, some sorts of country music, kind of the bro country, just because the mixes are so similar to, to what I already know. Or uh, i'd be going towards the ccm world the contemporary christian music world I know how I don't know how big it is in austin But if there's any kind of scene there, I know my mixes would translate well to that kind of world And I would just be building my portfolio up At the very core of what you do if you cannot make a good portfolio for your business You're just another drop in the ocean like here in nashville tennessee You're going to meet producers and and mixing engineers and mastering engineers all over nashville And if you have nothing that sets you apart that says you are legitimate and you are good at what you do Which at the end of the day is your portfolio Then you're going to really struggle to get any kind of traction going So i'd first and foremost try to build some relationships and from those relationships try to build a portfolio Let me
1: amen that hardcore when we're having discussions like this in the podcast about business advice, you know, we try our best to not say this piece of advice applies to everyone always. Blanket statement, blanket statement. You know, we try to to be really conscious of this might not apply to everybody when it doesn't. But what you just said, Brian, about a portfolio, you will never, ever, ever hear anyone successful say, you don't need a portfolio. That's like one of the only non-negotiables here. Your portfolio is way more important than anything. It's more important than your degree. It's more important than... Maybe even your social skills
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, you know a lot of successful socially awkward engineers is because you know Those are the exceptions to the rule their talent vastly outweighs their social awkwardness But you know at the end of the day you want to have the total package You know, you want to be the triple threat as they say you want to have the social skills You want to have the audio skills and you want to have the entrepreneur skills
1: Well, I think that's a super interesting thing to point out, you know, as we're giving advice to people who are trying to make it in professional audio, you really can't overstate the importance of a portfolio. You're going to live and die based on the quality of the last project you put out, because the last project you put out is what you're going to show to your future customers. So if you're in a brand new city, Brian, and you're, you know, trying to promote yourself and win customers, you have to show them something that you've done that sounds amazing, And they have to say, whoa, I wish my music sounded that good That is everything. So whatever you have to do to get a good portfolio, even if that means Dare I say that you do some free work
0: Oh, dude, absolutely I don't have anything against free work at all when you're first starting out and I talk about that on that rate sheet uh, That i've mentioned several times in this podcast, which is the five rules of free work And if you can follow those five rules of free work, then you're not going to have any issues the issue is when You are already established And you're trying to do free work because you think that's going to get your foot in the door and you take on a full album or something crazy Or it's an artist you don't really want to work with but they have friends, you know Just go back to that rate sheet. You can go to homestudiorates.com if you want to download that But you know follow those five rules and you're good.
1: Yeah link in the show notes. Check that out guys Um, here's the funny thing When I was in college I was involved in this group called the navigators. It was like a christian ministry thing That was we had, had a lot of fun with and one day We played a game called bigger and better And the way bigger and better works is you start with a paperclip So some people call it the paperclip game And you walk down the street and you knock on a random door and you say to the person who opens the door Can you give me something? Bigger and better than this paperclip and inevitably they're like, uh Yeah, sure. Here's a bottle of coke And then you take that bottle of coke and you walk to the next door You knock on it. They answer it and you say hey We're playing a game called bigger and better. Can you give me something bigger and better than this bottle of Coke? And they're like, yeah, uh, here's a six-pack of beer or something. And inevitably, like 25 rounds later, you've got something legitimate. And when we played, we got like a car, a dog, um, some moron gave us a bunch of ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's this fun game of you can take something and someone will say, well, I don't really want this thing that is bigger and better than that. And I kind of wouldn't mind the thing that you have. So yeah, sure. I'll trade down For what you've got the portfolio game I think is a lot like that where you get something that's good for your portfolio That enables you to get something that's a little bit better for your portfolio Which enables you to get something that's a little bit better for your portfolio So I would say yeah If you are in the witness protection program and you're trying to start your business from scratch or If you're just trying to start your business from scratch That you have to approach that portfolio game with a bigger and better mentality.
0: Yeah, it's a stair step
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And you're never going to skip a shitload of steps because that is just physically impossible There's only so many steps you can skip. I think we actually have an episode idea but this is probably more of just a quick side discussion is You're never just going to have a point of massive success in your business. It's going to be a very slow grind to the top And you know, i've had a couple instances where my incomes jumped, you know 30 40 in a year but generally speaking It's going to be every single year it goes up a little bit at a time and Throughout my life. That's kind of been the case is i've never just had this overnight point of success It's just been this slow grind.
1: Yeah So and to that point into my bigger and better game, uh, let me preface that we didn't do the ecstasy <laughs> I think whoever got the ecstasy. I never actually saw it. I think they flushed it It was just so that they could tell the story of we turned a paperclip into uh, expensive drugs
0: Yeah, we quote unquote flushed it down our <laughs> stomachs or whatever you do with ecstasy, <laughs> let me say this.
1: I think the bigger and better thing is interesting because some of the pressure of trying to do audio for a living is most people's mom and dad are probably not super cool with their kid trying to do this for a living, especially if their mom and dad are sort of informed and smart and know that it's really difficult to find work in this industry. To explain to your mom and dad, well, you know, I'm moving to this new city, I'm going to try to start doing audio for a living. And my business strategy is to get lucky and be in the right place at the right time
0: Yeah, it's like i'm gonna clean toilets until all of a sudden i'm famous like yeah, that's nuts It's good to have the you know Be humble enough to clean toilets if that means that's getting your foot in the door But you know, you have to work on The little wins and scaling those little wins up to something bigger and better I like that bigger and better analogy a lot.
1: Yeah So the bigger and better analogy is something that's pretty decent as if you're going to explain to your mom and dad How you intend to become successful in this insane career path that you've chosen So to say well my plan is to go out to nashville or la or new york, whatever Convince someone to let me record them Do a killer job on it show that project to a little bit more popular and more talented band Convince them to let me record it based on yada 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 bigger and better If you're explaining how you play bigger and better that actually sounds like a business plan and that would be, that's a great strategy to walk in. Definitely beats the heck out of, you yeah, I'm just going to be in the right place in the right time and magic's going to happen. Lightning's going to strike. So, yeah, continue, Brian. So, y- you are in Austin, Texas. You have a new face. You're slightly less good looking than you are now. You still have your audio skills. You have none of your network. You're restarting your business from scratch. You've talked about putting your portfolio, you've talked about scrubbing toilets. What else are you going to do?
0: Okay. So, you know, I don't know if I would actually try to go the scrubbing toilet route I don't think I would try to get in with someone it's a solid niche man. It's a solid niche But here's the deal. We, we didn't really talk about gear Because you know, you're starting a new city You know, I may or may not have any money left over from my old life Maybe I have to get a day job Maybe I have to get a part at least a part-time job or let's just say a job that can get me some gear to get started The gear I get starting out it would depend on what i'm trying to accomplish if i'm just doing mixing work which is what I do right now in Nashville. If I'm just doing mixing work, I'm just going to get a super cheap Focusrite 2i2. That's actually uh, when I moved out of my studio downtown into West Nashville for a couple of years. I actually used a uh, 2i2 to mix with for many thousands of dollars worth of work. So I know I can make money off of it. I know that that's not my limitation. Just because I'm using it as an interface inside of Pro Tools, and I'm not really using the preamps for much of anything ever. Um, so it's just more of a proxy for me to plug into my monitors. <laughs> You know, I already have my skills and abilities. I don't have to reacquire those Uh, This is not how this kind of goes my skills and abilities are already there So that's kind of the understood when we start talking about business stuff. Anyways All of the lessons you hear about on the six figure home studio blog and podcast It kind of assumes you got the skills portion down And if you don't that's on you to figure out before you can really have a you know Massive success in your studio world. But that being said I already got the skills down. I'm just going to get this cheap interface. It's $115. You know, you can get it used somewhere for probably less than a hundred. I'd get a few key plugins that I need if I'm repurchasing all my plugins, uh, but I'm not going to really get into the details, the specifics of the gear and the stuff because A, I don't want the gear slot alert to go off ever. Although it may have already gone off when I said the 2i2. But uh, <laughs> second of all, you know, that's a rabbit hole. I don't really want to go down. Just needless to say, I don't have that much gear as it is right now. So it's not like I have a bunch of stuff to replace. I'm just going to get enough gear to get started. I want to focus on building my portfolio and I can probably get enough gear to get started in less than a thousand dollars, including pl- the, the basic plugins I need, because I'm going to focus on stock plugins at first. Yeah, absolutely. Once I get my portfolio up and I'm bringing a little bit of money in, I'm going to start thinking about things to start to scale up. And so then we're going to get into things like website, right? Things for positioning's sake, because think about this. Remember how I mentioned, if you have nothing that that sets you apart from your competitors, you're just another drop in the Ocean in a city like Nashville or Austin. Well, what am I going to do to stand out? I'm going to build a website just so I have a kind of a home base to send people to. When I'm at parties or I'm at events or I meet people and they kind of want to look me up or I want to tell them where they can find me or where they can find out more about me, I want to have a place for them to go. Or if they Google my name, my new identity, (laughs) I want them to be able to find some sort of home base for me. And that's going to be a website. 99 percent of the time they can find me on facebook. But again, my facebook's going to link me link them to my studios website And so i'm going to build a website. It's going to be through wix.com It's going to be through the exact same way i've built my uh, website right now Which is four five six recordings.com link will be in the show notes if you want to go to there It's going to be exactly the same as that and that is it. It doesn't take long to do It's not much to do because it's very much focused around two things My portfolio and my contact form that is the key to my website. It's Can you give me what I want which is a good mix and if so then fill out this form so if they like my portfolio and they fill out my form then they are a a lead in my system So i'm going to focus on you know positioning myself as an expert as someone that is experienced that is Serious about what i'm doing I'm going to build my portfolio I'm going to keep meeting people and i'm going to start doing things to generate referrals from my past clients now Yeah, i'm kind of having a breeze through this stuff because I have an entire course on this subject the profitable producer course (laughs) So it's like it's 65 videos and it's like eight hours of content just for the course So it's not like I can cover all of these details inside of here So i'm kind of giving you an overview of what I would do to to accomplish this But you know, you're kind of getting the gist here It's kind of like you focus on one step at a time And you're not trying to do every single thing at once
1: Well, let's flip this around and let me answer the question if I were, you know, in that position. So for me, um, I'm in a different life position than Brian is right now. You know, I've got three kids and a wife. And for me, if I'm in the witness protection program and I conceivably am fairly broke, I'm immediately going to be thinking about mouths to feed. And I'm going to have to balance My priorities in a new city if i'm starting from scratch with I need to be able to feed mouths And at that point, you know, I love mastering I love working with music I'm going to be a little more flexible Um with selling out to be able to feed my kids, you know, like if I need to do jobs. I don't like Including cleaning toilets. I'm going to be willing to do that for sure That
0: being said you have um, a much better of a why behind Your success than I do like I don't have a bunch of people relying on me. It's very much like well, I want to be successful at what I'm doing, but there's no real, like, I must provide that feeling that you have, you know, because if I don't make money, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'll just eat ramen. It's fine. You know, I don't have a high standard of living anyway, so I don't really care.
1: Yeah. And it's a strange thing when you've got kids and your brain got rewired and, and you're, you know, I've joked about it before on the show where you have a kid and all of a sudden, you know, something changes in your chemistry and there's this like, I must provide like (laughs) change that happens where you're just like Holy crap. I really have a reason that I need to be able to do this. Well And so I would immediately find some sort of menial work so I could provide food from there I'm not saying i'd like this But what I would do is I would think well, what are some pain points that I can solve for people? The most important thing to me is that i'm looking for Problems that people have that I can solve for them
0: well If you think about it, at the end of the day, it's any business. It is. It is. Any business in the world is I am solving some sort of problem. Restaurant is solving the problem of hunger. A hammer is solving the problem of, you know, needing a hole in the wall or needing a picture hung on the wall. Um, And that's not a business, but you kind of get the gist of what I'm talking about. Absolutely. A studio is solving the problem of needing music recorded or needing a song mastered or needing a song mixed or needing the song to sound the best it possibly can. It's always a problem of some sort being solved when money is transactioned.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think that it's important to bring that up though To say I would be looking for problems that lots of people have that I can solve Because there's a temptation in our industry to say i'm passionate This is my calling And the world is obligated to provide a living for me in the way that I am passionate That's kids. I love you. That's not how the world works
0: And we've talked about this in the past when you have too selfish of an approach to what you're doing And and i'm guilty of this. So it's not like we all are this. Yeah but when you have too selfish of approach, and it's all about you, and not what about you're doing for them, what are you doing for them that's going to make their life better? Well, Chris nailed it here when talking about finding problems to solve.
1: Yeah. So what I would do immediately um, is I would go door to door at small churches, especially if I'm in the South,
0: if I'm in Austin. And I no, I got Austin. You pick another city. Okay. Well, let's
1: say I am in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm in the South. I'm going to go door-to-door with small churches and i'm going to find you know an administrator or pastor I'm going to say hey, i'm an audio engineer. I'm really good at what I do I'm wondering if you guys are having problems with your church sound How does sunday morning sound Are having feedback issues the does the band sound as good as you think it could? And I would Give him my number and say give me a call when you can't find a sound guy Which for small churches is going to be at some point within the next week Probably or in the next couple couple weeks and I would start Doing sound gigs like that because they're going to pay fairly decent and most places you're going to be able to get way more than Minimum wage doing that sort of skilled labor You're solving a problem and while you're doing it you're networking with other musicians That play at that church. So I would immediately try to find some sort of predictable Reoccurring revenue that I could use to buy hot dogs to feed my kids
0: (laughs) Hot dogs and ramen hot dogs. Because again your priority is first things first is Making a living for your family exactly then what though?
1: Well as a dad I think there's an important thing to recognize there that I am obligated to Feed them with as little work as possible There's a stewardship issue at play there I could go and clean toilets for seven dollars an hour or eight dollars an hour or what have you But it would be better stewardship. It'd be considerably wiser and it's my responsibility as a father to find ways where i'm making a lot more per hour doing that so that I can be sure to provide some level of buffer Of margin to provide for my family, you know so that we can afford fancy ballpark francs eventually or you know Bowl of noodles or you know, whatever the fancy ramen noodles are So I would do something like that and while I was at it then I would start trying to leverage that into larger projects But again, I really think part of the secret to success when you're starting out Is not to aim at giant projects. You're not going to walk into a new city and say Yeah for thirty thousand dollars. I can do your whole record or something like that. That's not going to happen The other component here is that the network effect is going to move really slow with large projects So if i'm in the witness protection program in a new city Same skills, no network, no name I'm going to try to book as many small projects as possible so that I you know if I go in and for an hour I do an amazing job doing live sound for a small worship band at a church, that whole worship band and the pastor and the admin and everybody else that was a church that day is going to be in my, in my corner and they are going to absolutely say, Oh yeah, he's great. Bob Smith is an amazing audio engineer. That's my fictional, fictional, fictitious name. And so something like that really gives me an opportunity to immediately build a large network hopefully get reviews, you know, you're going to need a burner phone so that people can call you for these gigs and probably somewhere where they can, a Facebook page, you know, comes to mind where they can write a review. I'm going to beg for reviews after each one of these live sound gigs, beg for them from everybody in the band and from the person that hired me. And if I can, you know, pull off five reviews for a single gig, cause I'm super desperate to feed my kids, I will go for it.
0: And why are you pushing for reviews so much just so the listeners kind of understand where you're going with this?
1: Yeah Well, if I can go to a church and say hey for 50 bucks I'll do your live sound on sunday and it'll sound the best it's ever sounded And then I get a few reviews off of that when I go to the next place the next bar the next church or whatever And I say hey, my name is bob smith I run bob smith audio. You can look me up on facebook and now there's three reviews Now I look like i'm serious about my business I look like I want to do a good enough job that you won't say anything bad about me And if I can go to that next venue get three more reviews or four more reviews from band members and whatnot i'm I'm literally going to beg them and If that happens and all of a sudden i've got 15 or 20 or 25 reviews I'm gonna have a really easy time landing live sound gigs Really easy time because I look legit as a result of those reviews So if i'm in a situation where it's literally like my family's going to eat If I do this well or they're not going to eat I am going to find teeny tiny projects that I can leverage into reviews And then once i've got a bunch of reviews then i'm in a position To say hey, you should hire me weekly to do your sound For a hundred dollars a weekend or something like that or you should hire me to record your church's band Obviously i've got a great reputation You can see that because all these reviews are from people local in your community I can leverage that into enough revenue consistently to feed my family. I really believe if I really had to, I could go into a new city with a new name and make a living pretty
0: quick if I hustled like that. I get the quick monetization of live sound because it's already a problem that can be solved quickly. Yeah. But at what point do you move into actually recording or mixing or mastering or do something that our listeners want to actually do? Because I can guarantee you, most people don't want to do live sound gigs or they would be doing it.
1: You're right. Well, here's what I would say first and foremost. Let's say that I was able to get into mixing some projects or recording some projects or mastering some projects. What's going to run that business out of business is a slow month. Every single time it's going to be I had bills to pay and I didn't have cash to pay them. It's a consistency issue. That's what staying in business is about is consistent revenue. So, I would want to build up my consistent revenue first if I were starting from scratch. And to know i've got a gig doing live sound at a bar or i've got a gig doing live sound at a church Or what have you or i've got a gig engineering at a really bad radio station But it's something where it's not full-time It's occasional and it pays way better than minimum wage if I can do that Then i've got a foundation that I can build on to start aiming for those bigger projects
0: All right. So you've got your little live sound Facebook page going with the 30 40 reviews you're getting enough revenue to not be starving in your family to make To make ends meet what do you do now at this point chris graham because Let's just say I mean most listeners at this point they humored you during that long rant But most people are already making a living on the side, right? They already have a day job. So this is not you know a very important part of their listening experience So what do they do if they have a day job already? They're already making ends meet but they're trying to get their damn studio started. That's the that's the question that's in their head right now.
1: Well yeah, and that's a great question. Maybe the better question is you're going to get fired from your full-time job and you have to go full-time. What are you going to do? and you know I've got a friend of mine uh, who emailed us recently at podcast at the A friend of mine named Glenn lives here in town. He is considering making the jump from a full-time job to full-time audio and I would say a lot of the same things to Glenn would be you know the hardest part Of doing this is that you need consistent revenue If you have a month where you don't make any money You're so screwed And I would again say that jumping from full-time job to full-time audio probably not the greatest idea I would recommend making the jump from a full-time job to a part-time job and part-time audio And you know, if you're really really lucky you can leverage that into a part-time audio job and then freelance audio to have that consistent Thing that you can fall back on and know well i've got at least a thousand bucks a month Something where you've got your minimum needs met And I think that's really the most difficult part And frankly the most terrifying part, you know when you go full time when you're primarily a freelancer And you're trying to put food on the table or you're trying to find a place to sleep or you're trying to pay rent that Having something that you can rely on is is everything. So let's say I wanted to get back into mastering That is tough, man. You know, I love it. It's absolutely fun, but That would be very very difficult to break into I think what I would probably do Is i'd probably start walking into studios and say hey I'm bob smith. I'm a mastering engineer. Do you have any projects That you've already released that I can take a crack at and remaster them for free And I would compare to the old masters that had been released and make sure that what I turned out was better and By doing that sort of free work that has absolutely no chance of being paid if you can talk them into that Um and show that boy if you had had me mastered it it would sound a little bit better And if you're lucky you find a studio that's doing their own mastering and isn't doing a great job And you walk in and it's not that hard to give them a better product. So Yeah, I would be hawking myself for free work. And that's honestly how I got into mastering I was doing it for my own clients as a producer I walked up to a friend of mine who was a producer and said hey Um, Can I master something you've already released and already had mastered and he said yeah, sure Gave me the whole record and mastered the whole thing A beat it to the previous masters and didn't have that hard of a time Giving him something closer to what he was looking for all along Asked for you know References like "What, what are some songs from other artists That you were going for and use those references to turn out what I thought was a better master And he thought it was a better master too and at that point he started sending me clients And it
0: was awesome. Let me call you out on something real quick Please first and foremost, I love the free work idea. I I don't disagree with that at all I've told people dozens of times i've mentioned on the podcast all the time is if you can't talk someone into giving you free work Then you should probably work on your audio skills, you know If you can't get paid work then try to do free work if you can't do free work then work on Either building more relationships with people that could give you free work Or it's because you're bad and they don't even want to waste their time with giving you free work but I'm gonna go back and say something that we talked about this a couple episodes ago on episode 23 on why you might need to advertise your studio If we're talking about the skill set we already have the chris Graham I know would just set up a damn funnel and start running ads to it. So <laughs> let's talk about Hypothetically the chris Graham that I know if you're bob smith now You're going to develop a site. You're going to build it out. You're going to have certain things on it That really should be the conversation is What is the paid advertising funnel? You're going to set up to jumpstart your career from the get-go. Yeah Because that's really the unique skill set that you have that you could bring to a new identity And how would you reshape that to really fit the needs of your new life and new brand?
1: Okay, i'm going to say something and you're probably going to think it's nuts and everybody else will too But keep in mind I got three kids And my choice is make minimum wage cleaning toilets Or find a way to make much more than minimum wage mastering records because i'm good at that I would set up a website and I would do a risk reversal Hardcore
0: we talked about risk reversal in the interview on episode number 22 with emily uh, dolan davis how emily got hundreds of clients by combining two passions We talk about risk reversal kind of towards the later half of that episode.
1: Yeah I would do a super hardcore risk reversal move and I would say Send me your whole record I will master your whole record And send it back to you and you only have to pay me if you release it. That's what I'd do It would be awful It would be <laughs> terrible but I would land projects from it and I would make more than minimum wage And if I had to start from scratch with a brand new brand and a brand new name, that's what I would do
0: Well, my question to you though, is this Do you really need to like I talk about on that pdf the rate sheet pdf where I talk about the five rules of free work? One of those rules of free work is to never do more than one song or keep your project small at the very least and so For you you already do a free test master. Yeah, even today so isn't that risk reversal enough As just giving free test masters to people if you're running ads to people Just say you don't want to talk about the beginning of this episode, which is just building your base portfolio up getting that Just a few good songs on your portfolio If you're running ads to your page, you already know how to set up a website Which you probably should talk about how you'd have things set up. Yeah, you already have a website set up Do you really need to do this massive risk reversal thing where you're giving an entire album for free? And then they only have to pay if they like it don't you just do a test master because that should be low risk enough for them to give you a chance Because they're not exchanging money. They're not really doing anything You might have to reduce the barrier. So they're not going through a bunch of forms and stuff You make it as easy as possible and then you worry about You know outsourcing some of the work to them that we've talked about before But how would you really approach it? Like is that not enough? I don't know that it would be you know, I obviously like you said I
1: offer a free mastering sample to anybody that wants it and uh I have booked a lot of projects off of a complete stranger, you know, season ad sends me a song for a free master sample. And if they're smart, they've sent it to a, f- a couple mastering engineers and we have what's called a mastering contest. They decide I won. They hire me for the whole record. That's been the primary engine of my growth. The problem with starting over from scratch is that when you do put that sort of information out there, that, you know, I let's get let's do a mastering contest, send me a song and I'll master a sample. You do get a lot of, you know, people that reach out that are in no position to be looking into mastering. They should be looking into mixing. Their mix is in dire need of some help and mastering is not going to save a bad mix.
0: Well, in that scenario, would you not just, and this is way off the rails of what I thought this episode would be about, but I still think this is good to talk about this kind of stuff because, you know, if someone's starting out and they're looking into potentially going down the route that you went, And potentially looking at paid advertising as a way to kind of jumpstart their career or to give their career a boost This is the kind of shit they have to think about is What are the downfalls of paid advertising and this is kind of what this is turning into now, but it's fine You know at the end of the day That's a problem. Yeah, a bad mix is a problem and couldn't you Solve that problem or help them solve that problem. Isn't that something you could do if you really needed the work?
1: Yeah, I think I would absolutely start doing mixing and mastering as a combined service Even though I don't recommend that anyone does that it's so much easier to get a significantly better project in most
0: Genres but at the end of the day if the mix is terrible, there's only so much you can do. That's true I would take a great mix and a terrible master Anytime over a terrible mix and a great master.
1: Yes, I completely agree 100%
0: So if you can give them a decent mix and a great master I mean at the end of the day if it's a shit mix then you've done them a service and you've solved a problem and You've made some money, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely Well, one of the things I would definitely say that's a big component of this that we haven't really touched on yet is when you're doing that sort of advertising, you're putting sort of a funnel, you have to ask yourself the question, why should they trust you? Why should they trust you that you're any good in the first place? And why should they trust you enough to even send you a song that they conceivably haven't released? It's their baby. It's true. Why should they trust you? And that, I think a lot of times comes back to
0: reviews. Yeah, I'm going to say that that's where social proof comes in and that's where authority comes in. Those are two uh, psychological things that we're not going to really talk about the psychology behind this stuff, although it's a good thing to look into. Go read the book Influence by Robert Cialdini. But when we start talking about how you get someone to trust you, you know those reviews that you got on your website, on your Facebook page, or wherever, on Google, wherever you happen to, to get those reviews, when people go to look you up, that's one way, right? Or if they have testimonials on your website. but You know those are all fine and dandy but at the end of the day if your portfolio blows them away That really shortcuts a lot of this. It
1: sure does I would say for me the thing That allowed me to be successful Was that I presented my portfolio in a considerably better way than my competitors did And you know is that before and after player that we've talked about that's on my website But I think to get big projects projects that pay well, you know for me I would always rather build a relationship with a studio owner who's sending me a lot of projects and ideally not one-off songs i'll work on them but if i'm getting records over and over and over again from a client that's amazing and i think a lot of times when you're going for those sort of records that's the fun work you know that everybody wants to do they're going to vet you they're going to do some research and if you don't exist on the internet if you don't look good on the internet you're going to have a hard time even getting them to send you a song to do a free sample yep And I used to say I still do say that, you know 20 years ago If you were in sales or business or whatever people would judge you based on your suit and your business card You'd walk in and they would immediately make a judgment of is this guy trustworthy or not Is he successful enough that he looks decent? And is he somebody somebody that I could trust to give my business to even if i've never heard of him before Today your suit doesn't matter your business card doesn't matter. What matters is your internet presence if they can Google you, so if if you Google Chris Graham mastering, I look like I know what I'm doing. You know, there's hundreds of reviews that are five star and my presence looks pretty solid. If you don't have an internet presence, if when you Google, you know, whatever your name is, audio or whatever your name is, recording, if you don't have a solid presence, a lot of people, the savviest, best customers who probably have the most money to spend aren't going to hire you because they're going to be smart enough to do their research. In the same way that I if i'm on the road with my family and we're going on a vacation I'm, not just going to pull over to the side of the road and go to some restaurant. Nope to feed my family dinner Never I will never ever ever Drive up to a restaurant without pulling my iphone out and getting on yelp or google and seeing what has the best reviews around
0: Absolutely, and that's a super important point for people to understand is People are smart nowadays. Like I said, I look on my phone for a 12 dollar meal to have the best meal possible what do you think it, about these people that are pulling out their wallets and spending hundreds or potentially thousands of dollars Do you not think they're on the internet trying to research you or the top three of their options? And if you are nowhere to be found you, you've lost before you even had a really any sort of chance Absolutely, so
1: I 100% agree with that There's another component of this beyond just reviews beyond having a website set up beyond having a google business page set up There's your facebook page. There's your twitter profile if your twitter Account or your facebook profile. I had a guy that applied to be my assistant And I went on his facebook page and I scrolled through it And it was just very apparent from the pictures He was taking that this was not a guy that would be a good fit for the team
0: Oh, dude, that's a hundred percent every I had a hundred and eighty people apply for my assistant position And any person before I interviewed them, I looked them up on social media and that immediately disqualified a very large portion of the people that I would have potentially interviewed for the job because their social media was a train wreck Their personal social media was a train wreck.
1: Yeah I would say uh, if your selfie ratio to normal picture ratio is too high I'm, not gonna hire you.
0: I didn't care about that. It's literally just like what sort of attitude do you have on social media? Do you constantly bitch and complain? Yep. Do you constantly post Weird shit that makes me go what you know, it, it's just be a decent person and don't Complain constantly. Those are like two things that go very much against you when it comes to Anyone giving you money whether it's a job or a project i'd go further than that
1: There shouldn't be a picture of you with a red solo cup On facebook (laughs) You guys know what i'm talking about. Oh, yeah, there shouldn't be a picture of you with smoke Coming out of your mouth. Wait, you don't vape bro? (laughs) I'm, not i'm not (laughs) like judging here At all. I like a bourbon from now and then I, I don't get drunk or anything But I would say this sort of mentality of like my social media is my private life No, it's not. Nope. Nothing
0: that you do online is private
1: It is an advertisement of your personal brand and you will be hired Fired or not hired as a result of stuff on your social media 100% of the time
0: Well, let's bring this back to this episode topic and that is you have Your stable source of income because like I said, you're a family man You know, you've got to provide for your family I'll say the same thing and say you got to make some sort of money while you're building your career Unless you have savings and you can kind of live off those savings, but that's not most people the average americans You know, I think your bank account and the average american is less than a thousand dollars by far and probably Less than a thousand dollars plus a large amount of debt is the average american So that's not really an option So having some sort of day job to pay bills and eat ramen and maybe provide provide for your family and then starting to focus on your career So we talked about my approach And you kind of talked about your approach, but then I called your ass out and said you'd really be focusing on paid advertising So let's just say, you know What things would you have in place and we talked about your social presence We talked about a website But is there anything else you need in place before you really start ramping up your first paid advertising campaign? You got reviews in place. What else we got?
1: Yeah, well, I would say a big part of that is a phone Is having a phone number that people can call and reach you and that you pick up
0: do you have your phone number on any of your ads or any of your landing pages or anything like that?
1: So, right on the footer
0: of my website And how many calls do you get from that?
1: Well, lately we've been a little busy getting uh, my new assistant trained and getting some new systems in place So I get I could look it up for you. Does
0: that go through your crm by the way?
1: Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, that's nice I don't know how many I, it's more than five a day more than five phone calls a day But typically what I try to do is get people to email me and schedule a phone call That's different than what I would do if I were in the witness protection program if I were in the witness protection program My phone is on it is next to me and if it rings I pick it up before the first ring has finished So I would say that's a big part of it Is, that is it because some,
0: you're in the witness protection program or just because you're so eager for work
1: so eager yeah. for work If i'm in the witness protection program I know that no one's going to hire me for any substantial sum of money without believing they can trust me And they're not going to believe they can trust me without a phone call.
0: Yeah, because like I said, you are You're not even a real person. You're a new entity You are a lie basically and now you're trying to convince people that you are legitimate in the best way possible When we talk about conversion rates, which never really we've never really touched on metrics And kpis and all that stuff, which i'm not going to really even touch on here But I want to talk about this and that is your conversion rate So for every conversation you have with someone or every quote request you get How many of those conversations or quote requests or emails or facebook messages or whatever it is someone who's interested in working with you or potentially interested in working with you, how many of those turn into paid projects? And I would go out on a limb and say that you will always have a higher conversion rate. If you talk on the phone, talk face to face on Skype or meet up in person. Yeah. And so if you are just starting out in a new city, you have to take every single chance you can get to have a face to face meeting, a face to face Skype or FaceTime call or even a phone call. Those things are going to be valuable to getting as much business as you can because you have to make the absolute most of every single lead that you get. A lead is just someone who comes to you who's interested, right? Yeah. And if you refuse to to put your number on your site or you refuse to schedule meetings in person or otherwise, then you are you're really setting yourself back from where you could be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you know, we've talked about social skills a lot on this show and They're not to be underestimated, especially if you're in the witness protection program That your ability to meet a human look them in the eye and let them see That you are a person of integrity. You're not going to be successful without that
0: I'd like to recommend a book here It's a social skills book that I haven't recommended. It's not how to win friends and influence people It's a book called the like switch l-i-k-e the like switch.
1: I'm already on amazon. I'm buying it right now
0: There you go This is a book that is from a FBI agent or interrogator and he really really nails the psychology behind getting people to like you Probably to an overly strategic way So if you're introverted, but you're kind of like a systems minded person. This is a really good book It's not very much the emotional side of relationships and i'd say it's even more systematic than how to win friends and influence people But there's a lot of good stuff in there And I think even one or two really good aha moments that you get from that book will be worth its its weight
1: Yeah, I think that all my strategies in a new town would rest on that sort of stuff Like you said face-to-face contact phone contact Having actual conversations with real people and assuring them that you're going to do them right In this world people have only bought things for two reasons And that is they want what you're selling and they trust you only those two reasons If one of those two things you can't check the box on you're not making a sale.
0: That's so damn true
1: So. I think the toughest part the absolute most difficult part about this sort of game We're playing here about being in a new city with no relationships Is that you have no reputation for integrity
0: and that's why kind of going out and meeting people and building those relationships is so important because a lot of times you have No idea What path someone really took to get to you as a customer Because you have no idea how many conversations they had before they ever decided to pay you you could probably sit down with all your customers and I re- encourage that is to have the conversation You know, how did you hear about me? How did you find me? Did you talk to anyone else about me? Did anyone recommend me you know, those kind of questions, but you have no idea it could be that They would have never worked with you if one of your clients or two or three people didn't speak so highly of you And that can be the difference between a full-time income and barely scraping by Is just your reputation for not even just people that were happy with your service, but people who speak extraordinarily highly of you
1: yeah, you can't underestimate the power of that. You know, I'm not going to go to a restaurant where someone said, Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I got too many options, man.
0: Yeah. If you have 10 different people who are unrelated to each other, who are all saying how much they love the one restaurant, you bet your ass I'm going to be there. Yeah,
1: me too. Yeah. You have three stars on Yelp. I'm not going.
0: No, absolutely not. I'm not going. If you have four stars, I might consider going. Even that will make me pause sometimes, which is. Hilarious testament to how important five stars is compared to four
1: and not just the number of stars But the number of reviews. Yeah If I get on yelp and i'm in a weird city and i'm thinking about where i'm going to go take my family to eat If they've got 304.6 star reviews i'm gonna go there If they've got 17 five-star reviews probably not gonna go there So I don't know that you know reviews are this magical thing So don't hear me saying like yeah reviews are the secret
0: but dude, it's called social proof, really. Social proof is such a powerful thing, whether you realize it or not, where, you know, it sounds awful, but people do not want to think for themselves. I don't want to think for myself. I want to look online and have people tell me what I should like. And so it's like with a movie, nine times out of ten, I will not go to a movie if it has a bad Rotten Tomato score. Ditto. Which is awful to say, but I'll say it out loud. Like I want the social proof to be there. And if it has a bad review from critics, but I still really want to see it It better have a good user rating, you know So it's one of those things like I want to be led I don't want to have to read every single word of every single review I just want a number to say yes or no And that's the review rating. That's the amount of reviews like the social proof thing It is a powerful thing and everyone has to understand that.
1: Yeah, absolutely Mm Absolutely Yeah, so I would say if you're in a new city if you're trying to get started your reputation for integrity is the most important thing And everything i'm saying comes back to building a reputation for integrity It comes back to people knowing hey if we call this guy he's going to show up on time He's going to do a great job. He's going to go above and beyond what we've asked him to do So I think that really comes down to as I would as quickly as I could develop a reputation for integrity By building a network and making friends with people and doing right by them and trying to be sure that every single time I did a project that I we've mentioned this before that i've underpromised and over delivered And that i've let the client know That I didn't just you know send the project back a day early or show up 15 minutes earlier stay 15 minutes late that I said, you know what? I care about what you're doing. I care about this project or I care about this gig I'm going to stick around and help you guys clean up So it's easier for the next time around or something like that just to say FYI i'm going above and beyond It's true.
0: It happened to me yesterday. I hired Rev.com rev.com for some video captions on a video. I, I just recently did and it said 24-hour turnaround Two hours later. I got an email notifying me that it was ready to go And to me for a six dollar transaction It still wowed me and i'll be definitely going back to rev.com for my future transcription needs. That's awesome Not that anyone here needs that but you know going above and beyond really does pay out But I want to kind of touch on one more thing here That is kind of more of a tactical thing something to, to chew on and think about and chris kind of touched on it But I want to say from my perspective if I am starting out Uh and kind of picking up where I left off in my starting out career if I were starting over again You know as i'm building my portfolio as i'm building relationships and doing whatever projects I can take at whatever price That I can get for it I'm going to be booking regular lunches with people throughout the week Because it's hard to get a meeting with someone and say hey, can I come by your studio and check it out? It's hard for some people maybe not for others depends on the type of person like billy decker He'll let you at a studio anytime But you know, sometimes you're working and you know, or if you're booked up solid throughout the day, it's hard to get in there But everyone eats lunch almost everyone I know eats lunch and they typically don't cook especially audio engineers So to schedule a lunch with somebody is a lot easier to ask for Than to show up at their studio and they have to clean up and make it look good or whatever, you know Like yeah, all i'm trying to say is it's easier to get a lunch So I would be booking lunches with people who could potentially send me a lot of mixing projects or mastering projects or Whatever i'm trying to do. Yeah, because we talked about this before it's higher leverage You know, I can meet with and talk to every single artist in the city But it's gonna take me a long ass time And if I get one person to come to me, that's one project but if i'm meeting with and talking to people that are Providers for a lot of projects. So if i'm a mixing engineer going to audio engineers or tracking engineers or producers or You know someone who's doing demo work or whatever it is If I can meet with those people and they can send me potentially send me dozens of projects per year or throughout our our relationship then One of those relationships is worth a lot more So i'm going to put a lot of time and effort and focus into those types of relationships
1: Yeah, I think the lunch idea is amazing I don't know if everyone that's listening has heard of the different love languages But there's this theory that each person has a unique love language A way that they feel cared about and loved. Yeah, mine is red velvet cupcakes (laughs) That's awesome So yeah, some people it's when they receive a gift. They feel disproportionately cared about for other people. It's touch for me food all the way, man, you know, you give me something delicious. I'm like a dog. I will love you to the day I die, especially if it's got pepperoni on it. And you can't underestimate the importance of that sort of thing. And I think, you know, for a, a lot of people, buying them lunch is such a great idea. It's an easy way to get in there. And I love what you mentioned too. Like, and if someone says, hey, can I come over and tour your studio? I'm like, "Ugh, I yeah. don't know about that.
0: Especially it's in your home. Like, it's just completely different. Yeah, you
1: know? like, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know who you are. I don't say yes to that almost ever same here, but can I take you out to lunch? Especially if it's down the street.
0: I rarely ever turn down lunch requests
1: I rarely ever turn lunch requests too, especially if it's down the street at north star cafe in westerville, ohio (laughs) (laughs) So or ty grill in westerville, ohio shout out to ty grill So yeah, so I would say Taking people out to lunch is a great way to network and a great way to let them see When you look in someone's eyes, you can tell if you can trust them I think most people can and Buying them lunches that greases the wheels. That's a great way to meet those people. Let them see that you're trustworthy and build a friendship.
0: Yep. So to kind of wrap this episode up, you know, I don't know if we really had a. There, there is no straight and perfect path for someone in every scenario in every city, and there's really no way we could cover all. Like I said, I have a 65 video, eight hour course on this exact thing. (laughs) So for us to really even attempt this in a one hour episode is kind of a tall order. But I hope that kind of got you thinking about. What sort of approach you're going to have and what sort of way you're going to approach getting clients getting yourself established building a portfolio that kind of stuff Chris you want to add anything in as we close out here? Yeah, you know, I
1: would say first and foremost. I know i'm repeating myself like the fifth time uh, build relationships and show people that you're trustworthy and I would say the only thing more important than that is to be trustworthy You know to um, model that in your life be on time Even when you're supposed to record a podcast With your buddy brian do your best to be on time,
0: (laughs) which by the way chris was like so late the other week But anyways, that's besides the point.
1: It was true. I was pretty late. It was a bummer.
0: Okay. We didn't actually record an episode
1: (laughs) But yeah, be trustworthy and treat people the way that you'd want to be treated And I know it's the chris graham 10 15 years ago would hear this and say whatever It's just about being really good at audio It's not dude That's like maybe 40 percent of it
0: the more saturated the market becomes the more competition there is The less likely you are to succeed without being the full package. Yeah, and for you to completely ignore Any one area that we talk about today or any other episode really It's just making it that less likely for you to succeed So we try to give you advice buffets all the time But try to take as much of this as possible and apply it to your life and your business And you're going to give yourself the best possible chance to succeed So that is it for this episode of the six figure home studio podcast. Hopefully you found that one helpful I know that kind of painting a picture of what it looks like to go from You know nothing to a successful studio kind of seeing what that looks like It's it's gonna be different for everybody and I know this episode kind of bounced from one thing to another But hopefully you got something out of this again One aha moment can make a massive difference in your studio So if you want to learn more about the profitable producer course, which is open for enrollment right now This is where I walk you through eight plus hours of content, 65 videos uh, uh, and talking about all aspects of business from... Setting the foundation up, both on technology and positioning and differentiation, all the way to sales and marketing and lead acquisition, all the way to systemization and even hiring. We even have a workshop for social media. We have a workshop for Google Ads and Facebook Ads. There are all sorts of amazing things inside this course that I think will be super helpful for your career. So if you're looking to to step things up, you're you're looking to start ramping up your career in 2018, you can just go to theprofitableproducer.com. That's theprofitableproducer.com. Hope to see you on the inside and just so you know early bird pricing for this course ends this coming friday Episode comes out on tuesday if you join before this friday you get in before early bird pricing at that point The course price is going to go up. So happy hustling and I hope to see you on the inside